This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're taking your phone calls at 800-919-3776. Until then, as we lead you into coverage of Islanders and Bruins, what a come-from-behind win for the Islanders last night at home against the Penguins, winning that game 5-4. to Rangers down 4-1 after the first period. They They get a win last night, too, so both hockey teams locally coming off of comfort behind wins, but we're leading you into coverage of New York and Boston. That begins at 4.30, but until then, it's you and I, 800-919-3776, at Ty D. Butler. That is on Twitter and Instagram, and it's a lot to get into today. By the way, back in action tomorrow, so what we don't get a chance to touch on today, certainly we will get to tomorrow as I'm on three to seven, four hours, four hours of just flaming sports talk. So, Tidy Butler, Twitter, and Instagram. We start today, because we need to get right into it, with the quarterback carousel in New York. And we're wondering when it ends, because we have reports that Derek Carr is in town this weekend meeting the Jets, touring the facility, having dinner and lunch. We know Aaron Rodgers, we're waiting for him to come out of his black hole as far as that darkness retreat, so he can decide what he wants to do. And it looks like the reports out of Green Bay are that the Packers are done with him. So uh, that could work favorably for the Jets. But as far as the quarterback carousel in New York, to me it is simple. And I am so shocked at like how the conversation is now being framed from some Jet fans. Stop me if you heard this before. A struggling New York team has an opportunity to acquire a star, but a segment of the fan base isn't interested. I'm old enough to remember remember Anthony Davis a couple of years ago when Rich Paul and company went to New Orleans and said, we want out. We are not signing this extension with you, so trade us now. And there was a chance that the the, the Knicks could be in on, at that time, one of the seven best players in basketball, great offensively, great defensively, hurt Knicks fans saying, yeah, no thanks, don't want Anthony Davis. He's too injury prone. So, of course, Anthony Davis goes to L.A., wins a championship. You're telling me right now you wouldn't sign up for Anthony Davis? Of course you would. There were some who didn't want KD. Now, ignore the the package deal that comes with Kyrie. But I do remember, because I you know, I produced radio shows, do you want KD in New York? Some Nick fans like, nope, 30, coming off of a significant injury. I'm good. So all he's done since he's been healthy post-Achilles post injury Every year in the MVP conversation, had the Nets in three straight years as the number one or two seed before succumbing to a knee injury. And none of those injuries were season-ending. It's just, you know, had the knee sprain for six weeks, and, and uh, that's what happened. But you're telling me you wouldn't take KD? Of course you would. Remember the chatter this past summer? We don't have to go back that far. This past summer about Donovan Mitchell because he was on the trading block. We saw Danny Ainge going to Utah, and he's tearing it down you get five first round picks or essentially mount amounted to five first round picks for Rudy Gobert we knew Donovan Mitchell was on the move and talk was he wants to come to the Knicks and there were some fans that were like I don't know he's a small inefficient guard doesn't play a ton of defenses uh, doesn't play a ton of defense not really all that interested so how has he fared this season I don't know career high in points to go along with five assists four rebounds on a career high efficiency from three from two and from the free throw line, good enough to be the best player on, what, the five seed in the Eastern Conference? You tell me now you wouldn't want Donovan Mitchell? Of course you would. All that to say, I cannot believe there are Jet fans out there 
with Aaron Rodgers, who might be available, there is a certain segment of this fan base that's like, nah, I'd rather have Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? So you can keep the 13th overall pick? Stop it. Stop it. He goes to the Raiders this season. Throws for 37 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and they're the number 2 seed in the AFC. Contending for a Super Bowl, coming out of what is... I think inarguably the toughest division in all of football. Now you got Sean Payton with the Broncos, another year of, of Justin Herbert and his maturation. So that Rodgers does that with the with the Raiders. You're gonna be sitting here a year from now saying, Yeah, glad we didn't sign Aaron Rodgers. I don't think so. I don't think so. Of course you would say you want Aaron Rodgers. I just don't understand how we've gotten to a point where you have one of the five best quarterbacks of all time, who, again, not in his prime, certainly at the tail end of it, but one of the five best quarterbacks in his prime for a team that has been searching for as long as I can remember for a quarterback, desperate for one. All you needed was average quarterback play last year, and you would have been in the playoffs. And you got Aaron Rodgers available, and you're like, nah, he might destroy the locker room. How so? How is he going to destroy this locker room? Because up until last year, all the Packers were doing under Mike LaFour was winning 13 games a year. They've had losses in the conference championship game twice and then in the, in the division around. Now, you can say it was disappointing, home losses as the number one seed. I, I, I get all of that. But to have this guy under center for this team, who we just saw had the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson, and it might have been Brees Hall if he didn't get hurt. So he's coming back, returning from injury. Had the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner, who, by the way, was on social media yesterday and had, I guess he was on whatever the gaming stream app is and was wearing a cheese on his head. So he's courting Aaron Rodgers. He gets it. Some Jet fans don't. But this roster that's rife with talent, I won't go as far as to say they're a quarterback like Rodgers away from winning the Super Bowl. But you add him to this mix, you're certainly a contender in the AFC. Still a lot to overcome because the Chiefs, I mean, they're becoming the the this this iteration of of the New England Patriots. You've got the Bengals who were in a Super Bowl last year, the Bills in your division, the Chargers, an improved Broncos team, you would imagine. And, you know, the Dolphins aren't going anywhere, assuming Tua Tungavailoa is able to come back from three concussions this year, which, you know, I know it's a division foe, but I, I'm rooting for Tua. Like, that's what happened to him last year was just so depressing. I hope to see, you know, him return and, and, and be everything that he could have been for this Dolphins team because he, he was balling. But that's a side note. That would, that would be another team you have to overcome. But you put Aaron Rodgers on, on this Jets team, and you are significantly better significantly it's not even a question well he's clearly old and on his way out sure except for the fact that he's only one year removed from the second leg of back-to-back MVPs to give him a grand total of four in his career only Peyton Manning has more MVPs than Rodgers what are we talking about here Ty he's washed though did you watch him last year yeah I did watch him through four games have the Packers at three and one and then broke his thumb against uh, the Giants in London 
Uh, and then still went on to throw for 26 touchdowns to just 12 interceptions, which, by the way, that stat line would have been one of the most impressive seasons in Jets history when you look at the quarterback play we've been subjected to. The idea that Rodgers could be had in a fan base or a section of it, I won't say every Jet fan because there are certainly a lot of Jet fans who are on the right side of this, but a section of the fan base thirsty for just average quarterback play. You can get one of the best and you would rather pass on him. And this is no shade to Derek Carr because certainly if Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay, which, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen, assuming we believe these reports that they're, de- that they're done with him, but, you know, Derek Carr, sure, nice contingency plan. I want no parts of Jimmy G and Ryan Tannehill. The point is, when you have someone of this caliber hit the open market, so to speak, because it looks like the Packers are only going to trade him to the AFC, and the Raiders and the Jets are atop the list of destinations. I just don't understand how you can you'd sit there and and say you don't want him. <laughs> it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Can we please stop? Please, please, can we can we chill with this Kyrie Irving nonsense? He's Kyrie Irving. I, because I put this on Twitter yesterday, how, how just dumbfounded I was that Jet fans didn't want Rodgers. And, and, and someone responded to me, well, he's, he's going to be like Kyrie Irving and just destroy the franchise. Stop comparing Aaron Rodgers to Kyrie Irving. Can we stop? Because like it's one that it's easy to go to because it's fresh, especially here in New York. But coming up, I'm going to tell you why it is an asinine comparison. And this idea that Rodgers is going to blow the Jets franchise up in flames like Kyrie did to the Nets is so laughable and off base. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Ty Butler going until 4.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Coming up later, I'll tell you why I'm rooting hard for Julius Randle to win the three-point contest tonight. Just got a twi- uh, tweet. Hit me up, Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. From Blaze, New York City, says, Ty, are you keeping an eye on the XFL during the show? Because your guy, Dave Rothenberg, said no, but your nemesis, Rick DiPietro, said he'll check it out. Uh, the answer to that question is no. I have absolutely no interest. All power to the XFL. I hope it's a, a success that you know breeds and serves as a beacon for future success. But no interest. I'm good. No, none at all. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Before we get to the phone calls, I think what's happening here, as I'm during the break talking to uh, one of the producers, a Jet fan, Joe Leo. I th- I think that like when you're in a an abusive emotional relationship, it it breeds like anxiety, because that's what it's been with the Jets. I mean, twelve straight years to not make the playoffs, which is the longest drought in 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 the NFL right now. That's hard to do. It's hard to be that bad for that long, because it's not like the NBA where there's a lottery. It's you, when you're bad, you're you're picking high in the draft. So to have the access to immediate blue chippers who impact players who should be starters for a long time it it, it it's hard to, to continue to miss so badly on those guys when you go 12 straight years without making the playoffs and then you have quarterback controversies year after year after year and it's not like what we had in Dallas this past season 
where, you know, Cooper Rush, what do you go, 4-1 and one in the five games that Dak missed? So fans tried to, and it was, it was crazy, but fans tried to pretend there was a controversy just because they were winning, whereas Dak didn't make you feel as good as you, ha- as you should uh, based on the amount of money he's being paid. That wasn't the type of quarterback controversy you had here. This wasn't, you know, Lamar Jackson coming in and replacing Joe Flacco in Baltimore. Where you saw that Lamar clearly had an upside that you just couldn't ignore. The quarterback controversy in New York has just been, we can't find anyone good enough to just be average. Now, once in a blue moon, you strike lightning in a bottle like you did in 2015 with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But then you pay him and then you see 2016 unfold and you say, yeah, that was a giant mistake. You missed on Mark Sanchez. You missed on Sam Darnold. And part of that is, like, they were they just weren't as good as what they were projected to be. But the organization clearly failed them. They didn't put them in, in position to succeed and, and perform at their apex. But Geno Smith, I mean, the list goes on and on. And then you bring the circus in with Tim Tebow. So it's just been, a, a, you know, a maelstrom of just poor decision-making that leads to what we can say has been ultimately a bad relationship. As us fans, giving it our all every Sunday we show up, whether it is in our living room to the TV or to the stadium, we show up every week, you know, if 4 o'clock comes and we're depressed and saying, I'm done with the team, next week 1 o'clock comes, we're right in front of our television screens because we're committed. We're devoted to this football team that just doesn't seem to be giving us uh, something neutrally that is accepting because it's just been so bad. So what happens is you're like, man, this relationship is so it's it's bad. Is it good for me? I'm not sure. You find reasons to diminish transcendent talent because you've been burned before and people want to point to the Brett Favre trade. And I will continue to remind guys like that's not due to revisionist history inaccuracy. Brett Favre, that trade worked for 11 games. They were 8-3, and three, and you look at the couple of games right before he got hurt, they were scoring, they were putting up points. He gets injured, and then the rest is history. Rodgers, by the way, better than Brett Favre, and this isn't just going to be a one-year rental, in my estimation. Again, one year removed from MVPs, Back-to-back MVPs, I think you're in a great position to strike while the iron is hot. The team will mature and get better, but then if you if these guys project to be as great as they are with um, the type of talent you have here with Quentin Williams and, you know, Sauce Gardner and, and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, it means that they're going to be in line for big paydays. So right now you take advantage, and Quentin you're going to have to probably pay this summer, uh, you take advantage of the 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 low cap hit, them not making a lot of money. So this idea that yeah, I want to pass on Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr because you're you're just afraid. The concern for Jet fans is that you're afraid of of missing out and showing up with nothing. You're afraid of to to borrow the. Michael K analogy that he used on on his show, musical chairs and the the, the music stops and you don't have a seat. So you don't have Rodgers, you don't have Carr, and now you're stuck with the worst-case scenario. My argument is it's worth the risk. Are we in the the Sonny Gray and Frankie Montas business, or are we going for Garrett Cole? Because that's what Aaron Rodgers is. And it just, to me, feels like, like we're trying too hard to be emotionally guarded, but, I mean, the, 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 the price that you have to pay 
you just think about what the upside would be for this team with Aaron Rodgers being in the club and, you know, the 10 is there flirting with you, flirting with you, showing interest. But you're like, nah, I don't know. Mikey Byrne, let me go holla at the six and a half. Doesn't make much sense to me. 800-919-3776. We started off in Texas with my guy, Jose. What's up, Jose? What's up, brother? And I saw you on Twitter. You're going to be on the show, so I had to call in and put in on ESPN New York app. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate you calling all the way down from Texas. Uh, give it to us. What you got? So, first of all, I want to talk about your analogy about the NBA players. Uh, an NBA player is one out of five people. Here you're one out of 52. Can Aaron Rodgers take you over the top? Absolutely. But through that gauntlet of quarterback and maybe a two-year window, is it really the longest, uh, long, the best long-term solution? Uh, look at Brett Favre. We mentioned it before, and we've been in relevancy ever since he left. So I think that's just a fear. I'm not. A, I'm not dumb. I would take Rogers, but I wouldn't be bad if I got Carr or maybe even Jake for Justin Fields. Uh, and I'll let you. I want your thoughts. Well, listen. I appreciate the call, Austin, calling us from Texas. So here's the one thing that I have to disagree with because it's just inaccurate. You said the Jets haven't been relevant since Favre left. Well. Favre was here in 2008. Last I checked, the Jets, in back-to-back seasons following that, went to AFC Championship game. So, I mean, you can't get any more relevant, or you can, but uh, to say that they're irrelevant in the Final Four in back-to-back years is just simply not true. But I don't disagree with anything else you said. Like, I would take Rodgers, Derek Carr as a contingency plan. I'd take him. Because you look at his career numbers, 217 touchdowns, 99 picks. He's only 31. And by the way, maybe the numbers don't do it all justice for him. Because in his tenure with Oakland and what turned into Vegas, played for six different head coaches in nine seasons and worked with five different play callers. So one could make the argument that had he had some consistency at head coach and with play calling, he could have been a much better quarterback and could have actually had playoff success. So I'm here for that. Like I, I, I'm not saying I don't want Derek Carr. I'm just laughing at this idea that if both are available, you, you would take him over Rodgers, and I simply can't agree with that at all. That's just what it comes down to. Uh, Derek Carr would be a suitable option for this team. You look at the last two years, the Jets have just been injury-riddled. With, with Mike White going down and, and Zach Wilson going down. You you failed to have consistent quarterback play, and part of it was because of the lack of production, but the other part of it was injury. Whereas with Derek Carr, 142 starts since he came into the NFL in 2014. And you know Brady just retired, but that's tied with Tom Brady for the most of any quarterback in that span. So, so Carr's about to actually pass Brady. When he, whoever he's starting for week one, he's going to pass Brady for the most starts since 2014. So to go from what the Jets have had the last two years, of course I would take that. My only argument is I'm not taking it over Rodgers. I'm just not doing it. Because to me, there is a clear, there is a clear ceiling with Derek Carr. Does anyone think the Jets are winning a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? Does anyone think that? What's their ceiling? They win 10, 11 games. They get to the playoffs, win one round. Then you're getting bounced by Burrow, Mahomes, or Josh Allen, right? Or Lamar Jackson. 
assuming he stays in Baltimore or, or, or in the AFC. That's your ceiling. You win 10, 11 games, okay, the, the playoff drought is over, then you win one playoff round. Now, on the surface, in a vacuum, would I sign up for that? Absolutely. Because I can't be the Jet fan that just sneezes at winning a playoff game. Like, that would, that would make me crazy. But when there's an alternative in the form of Aaron bleeping Rodgers, <laughs> what are we talking about? Because then your ceiling increases. Now we're talking about, okay, clearly the Chiefs are the class of the AFC. Five years with Patrick Mahomes as a starter. Five straight AFC championship games. All in Arrowhead. Beat Burrow and beat Hurts to win his second title in five years. He's got two regular season MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, he's on his way to becoming the greatest quarterback of all time just by virtue of like the start to his career. It's at least a, a conversation. So they're clearly the class of the AFC. The Bengals, who I actually thought were better than the Chiefs, but Mahomes made the big play late. The Bengals, coming off of a Super Bowl appearance last year. I, I just watched the Jets. So, but, so maybe those are the two teams you, you fear most. I think the Bills are underneath those guys. The Bengals just wiped the floor with them uh, this past year in the playoffs. And I just saw the Jets... With a combination of Zach Wilson, Mike White, and and Joe Flacco at the quarterback position, go one and one against the Bills, beat them, and then play them pretty close in Buffalo. So, I just don't like I I, I the the ceiling to me is to, like looking at what the ceiling is versus what I've been subjected to the last twelve years with this team. It's far too juicy for me to pass on Aaron Rodgers. And I do think that we are overblowing to some degree this this whole diva thing. And I tease the, the why we can never compare him to Kyrie Irving. So here's the thing. Uh, Kyrie or Rodgers, as I mentioned, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, was the best player on a team that won a championship and since then has been a contender every single year. Kyrie's not that guy. He's not even in the same room as Rodgers as far as talent and accomplishments. And by the way, since 2018, Rodgers has missed one game, and that was the COVID game last year against the Chiefs. All we talked about the last few weeks was Kyrie Irving played in 55% of his games with the Nets. Like the, the two aren't even close. I know Aaron Rodgers is available and can be the best player on a championship team. Kyrie Irving ain't any of those. This idea that we can compare them, stop it, it's garbage. It's garbage. And you can disagree with Rodgers about his stance on, you know, the vaccination and the, you know, Joe Rogan and the, you don't love his Pat McAfee conversations. I get all of that. But this, come on, the, the notion that he'd be a distraction big enough to destroy the Jets organization. I've never seen Rodgers derail Packers title hopes because of his attitude or because of his behavior. Now you can say he's come up short in big playoff moments. That game last year at home in the, the divisional round coming off of a bye against Jimmy G's Niners got to score more than 10 points. I would agree with that. You can give him some flack for the title game against you know the, the, the Buccaneers at home when the Packers offense that had been humming all year put up 22 points and then failed on that critical third down play in the red zone that forced Mike, uh, Matt LaFleur to kick a field goal. So you can say that in the biggest moments, he's come up short and he needs to be better. 
But to be a Jet fan and, and punt on that, like I, I had some guy earlier, and I, I would love to find the tweet, said something like, he, he said he wanted, he said, how many times has Rodgers been no, the number one seed and lost? We need a Brad Johnson type. The defense will get us there. We need it to make some plays and not implode and turn the ball over. Hey, I don't know, like, are you watching today's NFL? This whole defense wins championship thing, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. Did you watch the Super Bowl where the winning team put up 38 and the losing team put up 35? It's an, it's an offensive league now, especially with all the rule changes. So, no, the, the Brad Johnson type's not going to work. And the idea that you could be a Jet fan and say, Rodgers, have you seen how many times he's been the number one seed and lost? Excuse me. 12 straight years without the playoffs, and you're sneezing at being the number one seed? Congratulations, you played yourself. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. So we've got uh, the Saturday night festivities, slam dunk contest, three-point shootout, uh, skills challenge going on, and our social media team uh, put out an interesting tweet if you go to ESPN New York 98 underscore 7 FM on Twitter, choose four of these players to create your dream slam dunk contest. Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, Aaron Gordon, Blake Griffin, Julius Irvin, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Zach Levine, Nate Robinson, Jason Richardson, Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins. So these might not be the four best of the dunkers, but just as far as like my interest level, I'm going Kobe, LeBron, MJ, and probably Julius Irvin. That's where I would go. But that's a pretty fun question on Twitter at ESPN New York 98 underscore FM. 800-919-3776. About 10 minutes from now, uh, I'll tell you why I'm rooting for Julius Randle to win this three-point shootout tonight. He's at pl- He's got the worst odds, plus 950. I'm rooting for you, Julius, and I'll tell the audience why. Uh, let's go to Red Bank to talk to Andre. What's up, Andre? Hey, Ty. How you doing, man? I um, I, I just want to say I've uh, been listening to you for a while. My first time calling, and I'm, I'm, uh, I've been watching you ascend at ESPN, and I'm happy for you, man. I appreciate that, but, man. That means a lot to me. Thank you. But you're about to disagree with me. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. So as far as uh, Rogers, I got issues with his character going back to the whole COVID thing where, um, you know, he, he tried to basically, he didn't want to accept any criticism for that, even though, you know, it was about him lying. It wasn't about the fact that he didn't take the vaccine. So he was trying to, like, gaslight people. And But really, he's just a short-term fix. And I think the Jets need some to think about their long-term. And I could see if if he was going to, if he felt like you'd bring him in and you could win a Super Bowl in two years, but they're not there. So I just don't see him as the right guy. And I was talking to your screener, and he brought up a good point. I think Jackson would be the, the one I would try to focus on. Well, listen, Andre, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the love. Lamar Jackson, would, to me, like just because he's younger and he's got a high ceiling, and you could have control of him, right? He's in his prime. He's won an MVP. Obviously, I would go for Lamar. I just was never under the impression throughout this entire process that Baltimore, uh, an organization I consider to be like pretty sound making decisions, 
would just give him up because they don't have an alternative. You think Tyler Huntley's like the 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 quarterback in waiting? Like that, that's going to take you to the to the promised promised land? And you're an organization that prides itself on winning and being a, a contender every year. So I I just never got to the point where I considered Lamar Jackson to be a realistic option. But Chris DePasso, who is uh, who covers the NFL for CBS, put out his mock draft that I came across last week. And I'm looking at 13 because that's where the Jets are slated to pick. I had the Ravens pick in there. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I had the Jets trading, I believe it was two first rounders, a third rounder, and a fifth rounder for Lamar Jackson. And his, you know, to paraphrase him, his his reasoning behind that was that, you know, the further we get into the offseason, the, the more he just sees that the, the divorce is going to happen. Now, if that happens, then that's another door we open because I would take Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers over Derek Carr. The idea that the Jets, it's a two-year two, two year window, they can't win the Super Bowl. I don't think they would be the favorites to win the Super Bowl, but if you add Rodgers to this group and they fix the offensive line, you get Brees Hall back, you don't think that they're in the conversation, like in that second-tier of teams because I think it's clearly in the, in the AFC, you've got Kansas City and Cincinnati. I think those are the, the, that that is the class of the AFC. That's tier one. You don't think with Rodgers they can be in tier two with Buffalo and the Chargers? Because how much how, like how many years in a row do we have to anoint the Buffalo Bills for them to fall in the postseason? You know, for for us to just say maybe they're not quite there yet. They haven't won anything, but somehow every year they're the best team in football. Josh Allen's the MVP. Who's beating Buffalo? So at some point, you got to do some winning, right? In order to earn, at least get to the Super Bowl, like Cincinnati did. It was so disrespectful that we just dismissed Cincinnati. It was just like, well, yeah, the Chiefs and Bills are going to decide the AFC. Cincinnati just went to the Super Bowl. Chiefs, I get it. They've got Mahomes. They've won a Super Bowl and lost one. The Bills haven't proven anything. So all of that to say... I think that you know they wouldn't be the odds to win it. I'm not going to sit here and be a homer and say, yeah, put the Jets in the Super Bowl. But you're in the conversation for two straight years in that tier two of teams. If things break your way, maybe Cincinnati and, and, and Kansas City square off and you've got to only play one of them to get to the Super Bowl. Who knows? All I'm saying is if you get Rodgers, you give yourself an opportunity to do so. East Windsor is where we go to talk to my guy Mitch. What's up, Mitch? Yo, Mitch, talk to me. Oh, my, my, my mistake. How's your on, Ty? How you doing? What's good? I apologize. All good, man. What's up? Talk well, first to me. of all, I'm sure you've seen the Super Bowl. It worked for, for the Eagles. They got to draft. They should draft a, court, a running back. But this uh, business, it looks like you're watching rugby. The the Reggie push, pushing behind the, quarter, uh, the, the quarterback to get the yard, get the, get the touchdown or, or the first down yardage. I don't like it. I think it ruins the game. If if it was so good, they should try it at twenty five yards, and you get seventy five yards. But Wait, what are you talking about? What you're, you're what are you Sorry, saying? Derek Carr and draft the best available player on fourteenth pick. What do you think? And have uh, yourself a nice weekend. Uh, appreciate the call, but I would have to pass on that. I think that if. If if Rogers decides he's not coming here, you can't trade for Lamar Jackson. Sure, I I would I would take Carr and then take BPA at thirteen, best player available. 
but that's not my number one option. That is not my number one option at all, and I, I think I've made that clear. Uh, let's go to Jersey and Patterson to talk to Roy. What's up? What's up, Roy? Hey, Roy, you there? Yes, I'm here. What's up, Roy? Talk to me. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Um, first of all, I didn't even realize that you were African American, mm-hmm. and I'm fantastic. I just followed, looked at your your bio from Syracuse. Um, my question to you is, where are we at with this Rooney Rule? Because once again, we have seen that African-American coaches have been bypassed in, other, in order for um, mon- uh, white coaches for these head coaching jobs with much, much less experience. And I don't consider the Houston job for DeMarco Ryans to be a win because they have no stability as far as ownership uh, or, or, or after firing two African-American yep. head coaches back to back years. two yep, years back in a row. Yep. When are we going to go ahead and see some positivity and when can some teeth be put into the, um, the Rooney rule? Uh, in any way, shape, or form. Just want your thoughts on that, and and congratulations to you, my brother. Thank thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate the love. It's a phenomenal question, one that I I really do hope we had more of a concrete answer for, because to your point, it it is, like, bittersweet to see Eric Biennemi get a job. Right, Eric Bieniemy, in in a sense, was promoted because he wasn't necessarily the play caller in Kansas City, which now he will be doing in Washington with the Commanders. So I guess technically it's a promotion, but it's a lateral move. And someone's got to explain to me how being the offensive coordinator of two Super Bowl winning teams doesn't make you qualified enough to become a head coach. Someone has got to explain that to me. Because in five years with the Chiefs, he was the OC of a quarterback that won two regular season MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, and was the overseer. I know he technically wasn't the play caller, but he was the offensive coordinator, the overseer of the best offense in the sport. How is it possible that with that resume, he isn't qualified to be a head coach in this league? And I'm tired of seeing, you know, helmet messages and end zone and racism and equality. Put your, like, enough with the words and put some action to it. The Rooney rule always just rubbed me the wrong way and offended me that we've now got to put a rule in place just to get some form of equality as far as interviewing minority head coaches. It's embarrassing. And uh, I heard, well, maybe it's to his detriment, Eric Bieniemy, that he's he's behind uh, Andy Reid, behind his shadow. Well, how come that wasn't the case for Doug Peterson, who was an assistant coach for Andy Reid, offensive coordinator, and got a head coaching job with the Eagles? Why wasn't that the case for Matt Nagy, who was also an offensive coordinator for Andy Reid, got a job with the Chicago Bears? Why is it that every single year, 
the, the Chiefs end the season with some form of success, whether that's getting to the Super Bowl or or you know winning the Super Bowl, one of the best offenses in football, if not the best offense in football, powered by the best quarterback in the league, and we're still waiting for Eric Bieniemy to get a head coaching job. So I guess now the thought process is he can call plays in Washington, and if he has success there, then that'll put him in best position to finally get that gig. Well, who's Washington's quarterback? Sam Howell? So is he even set up to succeed there? It's an embarrassment. And look, I wish I had, like I said, more of a concrete answer for you, but it's the NFL continuing to be the NFL. We, we have the conversation. Got to have guy hire more minority head coaches. Got to be more equal and fair. How do we best put these guys in a position to succeed where they could get interviews? And every single year, it's the same old song and dance. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I'm confident. So when you tell me I'm the best, it's a compliment. Yeah, let's let this rock out. That New York, New York. Ja Rule. Fat Joe. Jadakiss. Ty Butler going until 430 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Taking your phone calls at 800-919-3776 on all things related to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. We got into a conversation about... Why I think it is absolutely crazy for people to have, I mean, you can have trepidations. I won't say it's crazy for you to have a trepidation about it because, yes, the advanced age, the you know potential that it, this can be a one-year rental, uh, and not loving how things ended in Green Bay. I, I get all of that, but in the end, to me, the answer is absolutely, if Aaron Rodgers is available, you take him, and we should put to rest this notion of, you know, Kyrie Irving and Aaron I think it's Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers cannot be any more different as far as, like, what you're getting from a talent perspective and performance results, resume accomplishments with Aaron Rodgers versus what you got with Kyrie Irving, who, oh, by the way, only played in 55% of his games with the Nets. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers has missed one game the last four seasons with the Packers because of COVID. But uh, that's the... Talk we're getting into today at 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. In 10 minutes, I'll tell you why. I'm excited for the festivities tonight. You know, I'm a big NBA fan. So I watched the celebrities last night. Uh, the Rising Stars Challenge. They changed the, the format. Now you've got like this four-team tournament. Team Pal emerged victorious. Uh, so tonight you'll get the Slam Dunk Contest, which I, I quite frankly, I have no interest in. I it's so funny because I came across this tweet uh, a little while ago that said Vince Carter. Vince Carter told a story about how the NBA once tried to create a dunk contest between LeBron, Kobe, T-Mac, and himself. So imagine LeBron, Kobe, T-Mac, and Vince Carter in a dunk contest, and the incentive was $1 million. So you go from that to, <laughs> with all due respect, what we have tonight just not being all that exciting. You, you got Jericho Sims, who you know, locally we're all going to be rooting for, right? Because he, he's a Nick. But, you know, Mac McClung is on a two way contract with the Sixers. Troy, Trey Murphy, the third. I believe I saw him in the. 
uh, Rising Stars Challenge game last night, and then KJ Martin of the Rockets. It's just at some point when you get to these festivities, star power matters. So to have four guys, none of them are stars, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say this. I don't think anyone outside of New York or outside of being a Knicks fan is interested in watching Jericho Sims in a slam dunk contest. And you can say that about every other player, Sixers and Pelicans and Rockets. Just not all that interested. But that's what we have tonight. I'm also looking forward to seeing Julius Randle in uh, the three-point contest. And he's got to put some respect on his name because he's, he's been doing well. I'll tell you why I'm rooting for him in about 10 minutes. Azar in New Jersey wants to talk. What's up, Azar? Hey, what's going on, man? Um... Hold on, I got a little bit of feedback. All good, man. The world sorry, is your sorry oyster. About that. I, just, I just fixed that. All good, man. What's so, up? Uh, first thing is I do agree with the uh, inequality. I'm sorry, man. The feedback's so bad. I don't want to waste your time. I'll try again sometime. Uh, so he, okay, I appreciate the call. He agrees with me on Aaron Rodgers. The Jets need to get better. And yes, that's just how I feel. Like when you have a chance to quote-unquote strike while the iron is hot last year would not have made sense to go at Aaron Rodgers because you just were in the midst of a rebuild. It was, you know, Zach Wilson in year two, Robert Sala in year two. This this year, when you saw the results through 11 games, you were 7-4, and should have been a playoff team. You were held back by your quarterback. And now I'm, I know the owner isn't going to come out and say it, but it is playoff or bust. That's the mandate for this team with Salah and Douglas, you can't go three straight years without making the playoffs and, and expect to keep your job. So Rodgers is there and available, potentially, assuming he wants to be out uh, of Green Bay, which the reports are that, that Green Bay, at least, wants to move on to Jordan Love. So we'll see what happens. Alex in Westchester wants to talk. What's up, Alex? Hey, Ty. What up? Good to speak with you again. Uh, hey, Paul. Good to talk to you, man. What's going on? You know, what it really comes down for me with Rodgers is that there's been a ton of you know, misconceptions going on in terms of you know, the person. You know, I'm sorry, up Alex. Your phone, line, your phone line is pretty awful right now. Give us a call back. It feels like a, a lot of the calls, the, the, something's going on with the phone line. Maybe we can uh, see what's going on with that. But um, it looked like he wanted to uh, agree with me about Aaron Rodgers just, you know, being an upgrade at this position. It's something that we, we 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 continue to talk about, right? Like every year we're looking for that that quarterback who can take the Jets to the next level. Every year we're looking for that guy. And you finally have him potentially with some interest and we're saying no. So I, I it's just something that I can't get behind. And again, I want to I want to reiterate this because it isn't that I wouldn't take Derek Carr. I would. Aaron Rodgers is my number one option. He has to be. And, and and by the way, you look at the other options out there. I've got no interest in Jimmy Garoppolo. None whatsoever. That's a guy who can't stay on the field. At when he's healthy, he's winning games. But uh, all I know is that it, that's a product of being in Kyle Shanahan's system. So here's what we know about Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't really know how good he is outside of Kyle Shanahan's system. What we do know is that he's always hurt. What we also know is that Kyle Shanahan, who went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G, decided they're better off without him. Better off without him. And that is despite Trey Lance getting hurt, 
Brock Purdy, the, the final pick in the draft, getting hurt. Even after all of that happened, we don't know what we're going to see from Trey Lance next year. It looks like Brock Purdy might miss the entirety of next season with that elbow injury. Still Kyle Shanahan's like, yep, Jimmy G's out of here. He's not coming back. I don't want Jimmy G. And Ryan Tannehill, you can talk to me all, I want, all you want about him being in the AFC Championship game. I'm good on Ryan Tannehill. I'm good on Jimmy G. I'm good on Ryan Tannehill. The guy that I want in green and white next year is Aaron Rodgers. God said, let there be light. Come out of that darkness retreat. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I just came across this. I don't have it up on my television screen, but it looks like Tiger almost hit a double eagle, and I'm just following on social media that he's three feet left uh, of an eagle on his first hole coming into today because what did Tiger shoot? One under or three under par in day one, and yesterday shot one over. So right now he's, well, overall now he's one under. So Tiger tied for 42nd, made the cut this weekend. Good to see him back on, you know, on the greens, rooting for him. One of the greatest of all times. 800-919-3776. Before we get back to the phone calls, I do want to say, pay off a tease. So tonight, Julius Randle is in the three-point shootout. And he has been added as a replacement for... Anthony Simons of the Blazers. So you've got Tatum, Herder, Hero, Halliburton, Heald, Lillard, Markinen, and Julius Randle. And if you're interested in you know the betting aspect of this, Randle has got the worst odds of the group at plus 950. Here's why I'm rooting for him. Julius Randle, and this really has nothing to actually do with the with the with the three point shootout, but Julius Randle is having a tremendous season. And I just feel like he's not getting the credit he deserves just because of maybe what 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 happened last year. So that so that would be my question. What more does Randall need to do to ingratiate himself with this fan base? What more does he need to do? He's having a tremendous year, as I mentioned, twenty four, ten and four, earning him yet another all star appearance. And how significant is that? Another all-star appearance for Julius Randle in a Nick uniform. What's the significance? Well, the last 40 years. Here are the, here's the, the list of Knicks with multiple all-star appearances in the last 40 years. You've got Melo, Ewing, Allen Houston, Bernard King, and Julius Randle. That's the list. Five guys. He's on that list of multiple all-star appearances for the Knicks in the last 40 years. He's been incredible. And I was down on him last year because not only did he stink— but he went at the fans, which is a recipe for a disaster. You don't struggle and go at the fans. That's not going to end well. Julius, in year two with the Knicks, during that COVID-shortened season when the Knicks were the four seed, was incredible, right? During the regular season, he was incredible, finished eighth in MVP voting. The problem was that after the regular season ended up until the end of last season, so you include the playoff series against the Hawks, he was dreadful. Couldn't figure it out. Turning the ball over, indecisive, just didn't look comfortable. And he was so frustrated, began to take it out on the fans. So I understood why you, like me, would have been down on him. You had every right to crush him if you were a Knicks fan. But the only issue is that since then, he's been the best player on a team that, look, could get to as high as the five seed. When Before the year, Vegas had them at 30, 38 and a half wins. Now the Knicks... 
uh, this is not to take away from what they've done. They are taking advantage of a little bit of a watered-down Eastern Conference. The Bulls have been disappointed. Uh, the Raptors have been disappointing. And, and the Nets have imploded. Heat not as good as expected. So those are four teams right there that you can overtake. And for everyone outside of the Nets, you have leapfrogged. So the Knicks are the sixth seed right now, three games back of the Nets uh, for that five seed, and that's where you want to be. So, so for Julius Randle to be the best player on a team like this, I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Now, what are his shortcomings? He Can he be the best player on a great team? No. No, he can't. Is he at all times aesthetically pleasing to watch when he's spinning and jumping and throwing the ball out of bounds or you know driving left into a double team and launching it you know, backcourt or in crunch time where he's not the guy you trust uh, the most because you just don't feel like he's going to make the right play or make the shot. You, you, you prefer Jalen Brunson to have the rock in his hands. I understand all of that. But what are we doing? We're going to eviscerate him because I say he's not the best player on a great team. He's not Giannis, he's not Durant, he's not Embiid, he's not Luka, Jokic, LeBron, Steph, Tatum, John Morant, Kawhi Leonard. No, he's of course he's not those guys. So the, so the Knicks' ceiling is capped if Julius Randle's their best player. But for what it's worth, in a year where you didn't really expect much for him to have rebounded and responded the way that he has, I just think he deserves a lot of credit. And the fan base doesn't seem to want to give him that credit. And it feels like every time the Knicks suffer a loss, the knee-jerk reaction is, well, look what Julius Randle did. When we know the, the biggest problem on this team is R.J. Barrett. But, you know, for Randle, uh, I'm just rooting for him tonight because he's got the worst odds. He's, 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 a, he's, a, you know, he's a Nick. Locally, it'll be, it'll be fun to talk about him winning the three-point shootout as a power forward. So I'm rooting for him tonight to, to, to beat those guys. And hopefully, at some point, I was going to say the second half of the season, 22 games left in the regular season, at some point, uh, this fan base can t- come to appreciate what we've seen from Julius Randle. 800-919-3776. Hopefully, the phones are back functioning the right way. Let's go to Brooklyn, my old stomping grounds, and talk to Ray. What's up, Ray? Hey Ty, what's up, man? Um, listen, I think you're a singular talent. I love when you're on with uh, with Dave Rothenberg. I think it's great radio either way, man. But um, listen, in, uh, indulge me a little bit here. As far as like your argument, look, I, 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 you know, for the quarterback for the Jets, I agree that Aaron Rodgers is the best short term. Um, but then you speak, you know, you speak out of both sides of your mouth when you say you can only win with a superstar at the position or a top-notch level quarterback at the position, but. Then you said Jimmy G, who was up 10 points with nine minutes left in the Super Bowl against Pat Mahomes. So it's not his fault, by the way. They lost his defense, blew it. Um, uh, I you mean, know, he you did said, miss hey, the throw. I'll let you finish. He can, Ray, you know, he can clearly win the Super Ray. Bowl. He was up 10 in the fourth quarter. So, like, you know, you can't say you can't win without a superstar and then say, you know, if you've got a great system and a great defense and everything else that supposedly the Jets have, right? great defense and great use at the running back and wide receiver position. So why can't he win there? Why can't Derek Carr win there? Um, and, and, you know, I'll let you talk talk on that. And then I got one more point for you. Ray, I'll, I'll keep you on. 
uh, you said the defense blew it, and they were up 10 in the fourth quarter. If you remember Hello? late in that game, Jimmy G did get the Yellow. ball back with a chance to drive them down for a touchdown to win the game, had Emmanuel Sanders wide open and just flat out missed him. So that that's actually rare. Like you look at just look at what we just had with Hurts versus Mahomes. We've had Brady versus Mahomes. We've had Burrow versus uh, you had Burrow last year. Uh, you know, in the Super Bowl against you know Matt Stafford. For the most part, you need elite level quarterback play. You need elite level quarterback play. So yes, on the rare occasion you will get Jimmy G in a great system with tremendous talent around him. But for the most part, that's not really the recipe for success. And by the way, you can disagree with me all you want. You know who agrees with me? Jimmy G's former coach, Kyle Shanahan, because he's the one trying to get rid of him. Azar in New Jersey's back. What's up, Azar? Hey, man. Thanks for taking the call. And I 100% agree with you. We need to go out there and get Aaron Rodgers. When you look at the AFC, you got to ask yourself, who do you beat? And who's good enough to close that gap between you and Burroughs? Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, that guy is Aaron Rodgers. And if it's a one-year rental, two-year rental, if it costs the 13th pick, I don't care if it costs the, the fifth pick. You do it. You get him because he gives you the best chance today. Drafting another quarterback um, right now is just not going to work. we got a bunch of guys on our team that are talented, but guess what? The window's closing. They all got to get paid. Wilson's got to get paid. Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore is going to want to get paid. Quinn and Williams. Uh, you've got all love, the list Azar. goes on. Brees Hall. So I love that Azar made that. Bend the I money that now. Made that correction. Get Aaron Rodgers. Like take the cap hit. If it's a one-year rental, two-year rental, drafting QBs and and grooming them, it just it hasn't worked for us. So why would it change now? What's, I agree with What's that. the difference now? I agree with that. Appreciate the call. Today we got to do it. We got to appreciate the call, Azar. Uh, I love that you. He said Wilson has has to get paid, and he made sure. Uh, to 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 say he was talking about Garrett and not Zach, which it's so crazy, right? How we we've gotten all the way here. Just just last year, we were all excited about coming into the season, coming into the preseason. You know, Zach Wilson in year two. He's got a bunch of different weapons now, an improved offensive line. It's year two, and now he's not even part of the conversation. That's sad. Uh, we talked to Justin in Times River. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, Todd? Thank you for taking my call, man. I, I totally agree with you, man. At this point, the Jets got to go all in for Rodgers. In my opinion, why, why bring in Derek Carr? You know, so many Jets fans, and I get it. We're starved. We want to win. It's been a long time. The last time the Jets have had a home playoff win was in 2002 when the Jets and Chad Pennington beat yeah. Peyton Manning 41 to nothing. And the time before that was 1999. And the, the stadium wasn't even built yet. This is at the old stadium. It was called Giant Stadium. And, you know, why do you want these cast-offs from these teams? If Tannehill, Garoppolo, if, he was, if they were worth anything, these teams would want to be holding on to them. I don't want a cast-off from another team. And in the AFC especially, you have Mahomes, you have Burrow, you have Allen. You need elite quarterback play. And especially with Carr, he's, to be honest with you, he, he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback, in my opinion. The guy has been into two playoff appearances since he's been drafted. He hasn't proven anything to me, and he's a turnover machine. And he's had a lot of talent on offense through the years. Granted, he hasn't had a defense, but he's had talent. And in my opinion, he doesn't make the players around him any better. And you know what? At this point, the Jets should be all in on Rodgers, and if they don't get Rodgers, 
I'd rather just stick with what they got because then at that point you're just stuck in purgatory anyway. You're just a middle-of-the-road team. Maybe you make a wild-card appearance. Maybe you get to the second round. I want to go all-in. I want to go for a Super Bowl. I love it. I love it, Justin. I love the passion. The only thing, so at the end there, I would disagree with, and I appreciate the call, Justin. The only thing I would disagree with, the Jets can't roll with what they had last year because it, it, it didn't work. And if you're Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, there is a bit of a playoff mandate on this season. You, you can't miss the playoffs again and expect to retain your job. So now you just reset the whole thing, and now your organization is just on a treadmill where you're just running in place. You're not going anywhere. So, I mean, otherwise, I agree, I agree with everything you said. I don't know that I would classify, though, Derek Carr as a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I think he's a little bit better than that. But to your point, what's their ceiling? What's their ceiling? You're just going to pacify this thing. And, and look, it, if the whole Aaron Rodgers thing never existed, then I would probably be excited about Derek Carr because it's a, it's a, a significant leap from where you've been. But now that I've gotten a taste of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, oh, man. Don't want to go back. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.